Hey everyone and welcome back to What the Jack. Today we're going to learn a little bit about beer in the brewery industry. If you're not 21, save the podcast for your 21st birthday. We are going to learn from a group of guys who created a media platform for their love of beer. This episode is called Beer Goggles. Let's set the mood. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Brandon. Four of us are the co-founders of Beer Sighted. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we just kind of all kind of do the same things within Beer Sighted, but I'll turn it over to you guys. I'm Nick. I do a lot of the video editing. Not very good at it, but that's kind of my job. Steve here. Do a lot of work on the website. I mean, I think we all do a lot of the drinking, but uh, social media work. That sums it up pretty good. Uh, I'm Tim. I also partake in the drinking, just so we're all clear here. I kind of do a little bit of everything, going to places, social media, reach out to breweries to get them onto our industry insider series. We're literally like in a constant texting group together, just figuring out what the next thing is and right. everyone kind of pitching in uh, when and where they can. So it's uh, it's been a group effort so far. So we are on Instagram at Beer Sided Pod. Uh, we're on, I believe, Twitter is the same thing, Beer Sided Pod. Um, maybe we changed that to media. We, uh, we've we had some internal battles with our, <laughs> just to like figure out what we want to do um, on the social media side. But Facebook uh, at Beer Sided and then um, YouTube is, uh, is certainly something that we're really trying to push harder and harder. Uh, so if you find us on YouTube at Beer Sided, yeah, check out all of our video content beersighted.com. Steve, we see a lot of your face on Instagram. Are you the one to always be in front of the camera? Who is like the the face that people are starting to recognize? Which I think it'd be cool if it was all of us, of course, but you're seeing me. I'm not always the one. I just kind of go for it. Uh, I feel like Brandon's on camera a lot, but um, no, I think it's fun to do that to kind of get our like personalities out there too. So we're not just like a bunch of pictures on Instagram that people are following. It's more of like a thing that hopefully people can relate to, to us as well and, and enjoy our photography and our chats with people and so on and so forth. Steve's the best about a Friday night or a Saturday night if we're having a couple craft beers about actually pulling up Instagram and doing something. Whereas as soon as I start having a few or we're at a brewery, the phone goes in the pocket and I forget about it. Yeah. The, the Friday night thing is just that I, I don't do a whole lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's one of those things though. And like the whole reason we started this beer sided project is because we like the environment and the atmosphere at breweries. Like as much as our job with this is to review places and the beers it's also one of those things where the place is good and it's got a good environment. Like I'm not going to whip my phone out and spend 25, 30 minutes taking pictures or I don't want to necessarily be the person that people look at and say, look at that guy taking pictures of his beer, even though like there's a purpose behind it. I don't want to get every beer and be like, Oh, I got to position it this way to get a good angle shot. And like, it's what we do, but it's also one of those still feels weird. And yeah. if it's a good place, I don't want to waste my time doing that, even though it's not wasting our time. Are you guys uh, all on Untapped? Is that a thing for you guys? We are, yeah. I think, uh, I, I mean, again, like echoing what Tim said, I, we're all on social media, like personally, but I mean, I think we all need to get a little bit better about, you know, if we if we go to a brewery, we try some beer that we want to prop up or anything, talk about. I think we're, you know, we all could get a little better uh, at just doing uh you know, like our own personal social medias, but yeah, we're all on on tap. Yeah. There's actually another app out there that um, I've been using. I think the guys have been using uh, called new beer N U B E E R. Those guys were great. We met um, the guys who have developed that app. They were one of yeah. the first like 
industry related people we met. I don't even think they had launched yet, but now they're out there and people are using them. But it's a very similar app to Untap. They're uh, they're local here in New England. Plus, you know, they're just trying to get started. So it's been kind of cool to help those guys out too. We need to be a little better when we're at the breweries. We were actually, Jack, we met you at Lord Hobo. And I would say that was the best we've ever been about taking pictures, talking to people about what the hell we're actually doing. Usually we uh, we kind of put it together in the background a little bit more, but Lord Hobo was a good night for us. Why did you guys decide to be called Beer Sighted? I think I'm the one that ended up throwing Beer Sighted out. I come up with names well for things. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure why. It usually ends up with actually all of us in the group text. We have to name something like Industry Insiders or anything that we do. It usually is us firing off the most ridiculous and inappropriate things that you could think of. Nobody else belongs in our group chats. Like, yeah. Thank thank God no one else. And uh, I think it's, it starts off with us firing off things and it gets ridiculous. Really ridiculous. Anytime we're trying to come up with a name, we all just start throwing out names. Yeah. Serious, some joke. And there's at least a hundred bad ones before we come up with even a few we like. But I think the the whole thing with beer side is we wanted something simple, short, but that also was sort of a play on words. Talking about like when we started this, it was us going to breweries. We wanted to be involved and go to them. Um, so it was us seeing breweries and, and we just threw out a hundred names and I think Tim finally came up with beer sighted. Yeah, I think I think what it was is something about like beer goggles came up. Yeah, right. And um like having beer goggles on and i think a couple other names were thrown out there i think all of us in this our group wear glasses so i thought it yeah. was uh yeah we're all blind yeah so i i, I beer sighted i thought like nearsighted beer sighted kind of clever yeah but again it's usually about- it's usually like a process of elimination we get rid of the bad stuff first i want to <laughs> i want to say that beer sighted I don't, I don't know for sure, but I think Industry Insiders and our most recent new thing, Straight from the Tap, I think, Tim, did you come up with all three of those? Uh, Tim's come up with all of them, yeah. I think he did. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's a talent I have, I guess. <laughs> Talking I mean, to my students about talents recently, so I guess mine's coming up with uh, branding oh, names. Your stuff. It, it's a it's a reverse pyramid it all it starts entirely vague it just kind of funnels down to yeah. a point where we're like all right this is it finally we got there <laughs> so tim kind of creates the names for anything you guys could really think of if you guys were to make a beer tim would probably be the guy to do it right for a probably name. and we're, we're just here to tell him his bad ideas and just say no until he finds a good one we're totally open to doing that too i mean when, when there's a bad idea that's that, but <laughs> Tim's come up with the good ones. So you guys, what is the most important thing to understand about beer? If I'm someone who has never, ever stepped foot in a brewery, don't know anything about beer, tell me why it's important to understand beer if I wanted to drink it for the first time. It's way more complex than people think it is. You know, like we've we've had plenty of people on, um, our podcasts or our videos. Uh, we've done, we've been to a bunch of breweries and bars and just chatted with people in the industry. And there's so much that goes into making it. I mean, you know, we try to be, I guess, like the the voice of 
like the beer fans for people and try to get them into breweries. Uh, we've taken tours of breweries. Like I, we've gotten some behind the scenes looks when like maybe, you know, they were, they weren't giving tours or they were just like, Hey, you know, you guys are beer site. Come on, check this out. There's so much that goes into it. And it's just so complex. Um, I mean, again, like with these flavors and different styles of beer, there's something for everybody I feel like. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's so cool to learn about this industry in general, but it's also great to just meet the people and just get stories behind the brewery and behind the beers and behind why they started these breweries that like, that's kind of what draws us to this industry. Are still trying to learn the, you know, the behind the scenes things that you go take on a tour. Maybe we don't know what they're talking about, but the, the average beer drinker also isn't looking to necessarily find that out. And I feel like that's what we're, we've really been trying to, to do is target the people that love going to a brewery and having some beers. Like beyond that, a lot of people aren't trying to find much more out. If you're really into beer, there's tons of great stuff to know. But for people who, from you know, in my opinion, people who don't like beer or you know, don't care enough to be like, oh, I got to try this new brewery because they got this, that, or the other thing. Going to each and every brewery is a completely different experience. I mean, try to think of, have you ever been to two breweries where you're like, oh, these ones are like, this This one is too much like that other one I've been to already. You know, can you think of two that are so similar that I'm like, I got to go find another one because this is, you know, something I've seen before. They're all so different. If you're not into beer, you know, go try a new place also. Plus, tons have great food. So go eat. Yeah. And these are small businesses. This is not like some person who's just working that just wants to get out of there. You know, don't be intimidated. Go in. You are supporting their small business, whether you like beer or not. They're going to help you. I mean, it's the friendliest community I've ever been a part of. Um, and I, I just recommend it to everyone. You don't have to love beer. It's, it's the environment and the experience. And like Steve said, there's food. Now we're talking seltzers, ciders, sours. There's a lot of different options. Um, you don't have to be a big beer guy or girl to enjoy it. I think kind of on top of that is that I think the biggest thing to know is that the craft beer industry, everything is unique, like Steve said, but it's also all done together. Like it's all, they all work together. The more you ask questions, the more you meet people, the more you find out that they also worked at this brewery or that brewery. Or that just to get started, we talked to Crew Brew Brewery, and they said just to get started, they had to use a couple different places, brew their beer in. Right. Um, they all work together. It's, they all have unique things, but they're also all using each other, helping each other, piggybacking off of each other. And they all want you to be there, making sours and seltzers and all these different new beers that are better and better and better, necessarily just to make money they want people there they want people to enjoy their product like they want you to enjoy that beer for that same reason and they're all in it together it's very much the opposite of cutthroat like if one craft brewery succeeds i feel like they're all going to succeed and going out to a different brewery than you usually do isn't hurting that one brewery you're actually helping the whole industry yeah it's so uncompetitive and i know you know we all work in uh, different fields, but I mean, like my actual job is in a very competitive industry, seeing the other side of the spectrum with uh, the craft beer industry. It's like every brewery wants you to support every brewery. Like you, <laughs> you would never know. Everyone talks about how oversaturated the 
craft beer market is starting to get, you would never know. Like, it's not like everyone's waiting for that other one to close down so they can have all their customers or anything like that. It's such a casual, friendly industry and they all are hardworking and, you know, it's, it's a very likable industry in my opinion, whether you like beer or not. It's such a community. You talk about such everyone being kind of close together in a way, but social distancing because of COVID, you know, go try a different beer, go learn more beers. And it's just such a loving atmosphere that I didn't really think about because there's so many different beers and it's like, well, who's competing with who? No, it's not about that. It's like, Oh, you try this beer. Oh, why don't you try this beer? Like us, we like to go to a a brewery here and then we'll say, all right, this was fantastic. We're going to tell people, to go to this brewery while we go to another brewery and try that one out and experience it in general. And then we'll tell people to go to this one. So, um, I mean, that's, you know, what we're here for, but yeah, I mean, I just think that it's like we, it's been said a million times. It's a community and, uh, beer lovers are going to go and find something new all the time. And that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. I just think that like there's there's something for everybody and more doesn't necessarily have to mean worse. It doesn't have to mean worse quality. It doesn't have to mean that you're taking business from other places because I think like inherently beer lovers like to try a whole bunch of different things. We have a beer here from Night Shift, one of my favorite breweries called Phone Home Peanut Butter Porter. Can you talk to us about tasting, Brandon, maybe? Love trying new beers. I mean, that's another reason why we started this. We love the brewery environment and we we just love trying a whole bunch of new craft beers. So I think like for, for me personally, one of the first things I do, you know, I, I like getting the aroma of a new beer, getting the, a feel for the style. I, I go for beers. I mean, I'm usually an IPA guy. Um, I try and do beers all over the spectrum. I like porters, but I guess for me, like one of the things that I go for is beers that kind of have like a secondary flavor. I I like to go this peanut butter porter, even just a standard porter, you know, usually has notes of like coffee, uh, molasses, sometimes, you know, some are carbonated, some flat. So I go for more like complexity um, in, in taste when it comes to beer. This one in particular, because we're both drinking it, you know, this is to me, I, the first thing I thought was this tastes like a peanut butter cup. You know, it, it's really good. Porters in general kind of have sometimes that chocolatey flavor. So it really combines well. I mean, we know Night Shift because they're in the area. You know, they do a really great job with all of their beers. And this is no exception. And I'm really glad they brewed it. I mean, this is a great job by them. So if you really enjoy porters and you like that other flavor, like peanut butter added in, it's perfect. Yeah. And to talk about that, think about the Reese's Cup from ET. It's phone home right off of that. So. As soon as I drink it, I just keep going, E.T., phone home. <laughs> and then I think about the Reese's Pieces, and it's, I think it's a perfect Halloween beer, even if they're not really pushing it as that. But one thing I like to do, too, is taste the beer and then look at the description of the beer as well to see what they want me to taste and really see if that's what I'm tasting or not. Like Brandon said, none of us are absolute experts by any means. What we really wanted to do is we all love craft beer and we're all kind of normal guys love to go to a brewery on a Saturday. We wanted to bring that to people who maybe can't go to all the breweries and just give them a common man's experience there. As far as tasting goes, I think for me, it's first sip, just kind of get a feel for what I think off the bat. 
look at what they're really going for, taste it again, and see if I notice it more now that I'm thinking about it. The first place we ever went as part of Beer Sighted, Steve and I went to Turtle Swamp in Jamaica Plain, and they had a beer that had molasses. And I didn't really notice it, but there was something I couldn't put my finger on. Then I read about it, noticed they had molasses, and it really came out once I saw that and really took the beer to the next level for me. For me, I kind of lean on, honestly, Nick and Brandon and Tim sometimes. And I feel like, Nick, you especially have that, like, foodie thing going on. Um, <laughs> you like to cook. You got the taste. You know, you went to Italy. Inside okay. Yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> no, he did. He did. He did. I feel like I'm kind of learning as I go, honestly, um, about what each type of beer should taste like. I actually have a book. I, I bought a book to read through, like, the history of beer and what each styles are supposed to taste like and why. You know, that's something I never thought about over the years, going back all the beers that you know, I once drank exclusively, you don't really put any thought into it. You, <laughs> you just drink it. For me, I just try to actually like concentrate sometimes when I'm drinking like the first few sips, I'll actually, you know, pay attention to what I'm smelling, tasting the mouthfeel. That's always a big thing for me as well. Um, I think it's rare that I taste a beer that is just like this, you know, unbearable taste, but sometimes the mouthfeel for me is what gets me. Some beers just being thick and heavy. Those are words I use all the time to describe <laughs> certain types of beers, but that's what gets me. But uh, what I used to look for when I went to a brewery, it was more of like ABV. And I think that started as like, oh, I'm in a brewery. I'm going to drink as much alcohol as I can. I've realized that I think it's more when I'm drinking a craft beer, I'm looking for to like drink something substantial, different, noticeable, as opposed to like when I'm just trying to at a tailgate or something, having a few beers. I'll drink a Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, like classic light beer you find anywhere. It's craft beer. I like to feel like I'm drinking something a little, almost like harsher, kind of like a black coffee feel where you can tell you're drinking alcohol as opposed to just going down easy. I like to like feel like enjoy or be part of the process of drinking that. Like the brewers themselves put a lot of time and effort into it to make it different. And I like to have a beer that tastes like there is a difference in that they didn't just make another porter or another stout or another pilsner. Like it's something unique. Sometimes that might mean I don't like it. And sometimes it means uh, I'll go back to it. And I'll say back to when I first started drinking craft beer at all. Like I did the Homer thing, like Sam Adams go to like, cause I'm from Boston and all that stuff. Now, when I go to the store, I'll go get Sam Adams. Not cause I feel like I need to from Boston, but cause like I actually enjoy their variety packs for what they are, as opposed to just like, being from Boston and Sam Adams and all that. Your cousin from Boston. Great, great marketing. Great marketing. They do. Well, talking about marketing, what do you think the biggest thing that a brewery has to do to really market a beer like this? Because it's ET, it reminds me ET. Is that why I'm drinking it? You know, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think there's a, a bunch of different certain people like gravitate towards other breweries, why people have favorites and are repeat customers. Um, I mean, obviously, like the, the standard answer is going to be make great beer. A brewery that makes great beer, people are going to know. It's going to spread word of mouth, social media, like people talking about it. Honestly, like I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I think we all probably feel the same way about this, that, you know, the craft beer industry is filled with a bunch of like hardworking, great people. And that's one of the main reasons why we decided to start this is because we enjoy talking to these people. We enjoy going and visiting these breweries and like getting to see what they're all about. And so, you know, we want to support that. 
anytime like the the creativity sometimes is through the roof something like their their labels the names of these beers even just the name of the brewery itself so the main reason i think that we decided to start this was because we just we really enjoy the industry and we enjoy helping these great people who work so hard out a little bit yeah and i think breweries at least the, the breweries we've been to here other places they do a really good job of finding that niche of what's missing in the nightlife or activities whatever you want to call it where bars are really just they are what they are they're a bar you get drinks you kind of sit there and chat where breweries will have board games i've seen breweries with old school nintendo games um they just honed in on their culture and what they want to be and i think having a good brewery and a place people want to hang out not just for your beer but obviously wanting to come back because they love the beer and then it spreads through word of mouth because you don't see smaller craft breweries with advertisements or really any sort of marketing whatsoever. It's all social media and word of mouth. And to actually kind of piggyback on that a little bit and to tease something that, you know, Steve and I actually did uh, the other night, two people out in California who have a really new brewery called um, Around the Horn. And, you know, they found such a great niche it, it, when it comes to like locals having and being repeat customers tourism because they're on the edge of Yosemite. They've built such a great enterprise on the history of that whole area in, in terms of like the gold rush movement. They hit the nail on the head when it comes to marketing. And I, I we've said the same thing about Lord Hobo. Like they just, they nailed it when it came to marketing and, you know, just trying to expand. And I mean, they've shown that they've done a great job by being in at least 15 states across this country. Yeah. And I think just one thing that I've observed a lot of craft breweries are very small these guys are doing everything they can to keep the place open make sure they have food especially now that they're required to um, keep their beer brewing and they don't necessarily have all sorts of time to uh, be doing additional marketing things I mean when things take off like you mentioned Lord Hobo or Night Shift these guys are able to do a little bit more from my observations I'm not a brewery owner by any means but I think it's important to hit the nail on the head going into it when you decide you want a craft brewery or that's what you want to do. From what I can tell, if you have a good theme to what you're doing, you fit into the area, the local area really well, that sort of thing, like Brandon mentioned with Around the Horn, they totally played it off of being at Yosemite, which is super cool. They've gone all in on that. And I think that's you know something huge for them. And now they, they are new, they're smaller, and, you know, they don't just have time to be doing marketing stuff, but they have that, you know, natural brand recognition because the route they decided to take in the first place. People are actually finding that breweries serve a more of a social purpose than bars even do. Like, I think a bar is like a big atmosphere for everyone there to do the same type of thing, where I think a brewery provides an opportunity for an intimate atmosphere while still offering... Uh, commonality of why everybody's there. Definitely. You guys talk a lot about the experience and the vibe at breweries. Talk to me a little bit about the styles of beer and talk to me about some people are not a fan of these dessert stouts and just different types of beer. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty funny because between the four of us, we have pretty different beer tastes. Um, I'd say Bird and I or Brandon and I are probably the biggest stout fans. Maybe Tim too. Steve hates them. I'll do, uh, I'll do a stout when it's cold out. I won't touch it if it's like above 80 degrees. No, or, yeah. Sorry, above like 70 degrees, I won't touch it. 
I mean, Brandon and I are getting a flight and we're going to get the stout that's, that's there. Even if it's middle of summer, I have to try it. I might not get a full pour, but I'll try it. But I gravitate towards the IPAs as well. Uh, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I know Steve's a huge Pilsner fan. And I've actually started to dabble into the sours, which I was very, very against a while ago. But I don't know. I don't know if it's because sours have changed over the years or what it is, or maybe I'm just more open to it now, but finding a lot of sours that I thoroughly enjoy. Maybe you could explain that a little bit because I'm not a big fan of sours at all. You just got to find the right one. And I mean, I'm not going to say which one's my favorite right now because we're actually going to do something on it soon. So I'm going to tease that a little bit, but I found one that is absolutely immaculate. The lady likes it too, so it's for everyone. I think sours are a thing that are, I think it's a way for the craft brew industry to kind of grab wine lovers. Your girlfriend, Nick, likes wine, and I think my girlfriend likes wine as well. They're not huge craft beer lovers, but they like some of the sours. I think it's got that like juicy kind of texture flavor to it with like a little bit of a bitterness that a wine might have that isn't quite as beer heavy. And it's a good shift, even if you're at a brewery, if you're having a couple of beers, it's a good way to like totally change what you've had for the night. Right, right. Um, yeah. Rather than just keep drinking the same thing over and over, like it's a good change because it's a interrupts almost what you're used to. Yeah. And, you know, to take that like concept and like just broaden it entirely, like everyone's tastes are different. And so like Nick said, you know, we like stouts, right? I actually hated stouts for the longest time mostly because I never drank coffee until I was probably like 25 years old, at least it's a good chunk of stouts. That's a a dominant flavor. But once I started drinking coffee pretty much every single day, I noticed that like I would pick up a stout and be like, you know what, this isn't so bad. So I think, uh, you know, going back to your original question, like uh, about just people's tastes and, you know, why people some go for some styles of beer over the others. I think it's just like, everyone's tastes generally evolve over time and you know people go kind of gravitate to like whatever they just prefer more um you know we mentioned that pilsners is steve's kind of thing like i love ipas nick and i like we do stouts even sours it's it's just kind of something that evolves and uh kind of is just a person by person thing but i think that's also what's so great about beers that there's pretty much something for everybody and you know we can even get into like the whole breweries now craft breweries are doing seltzers and that appeals to a whole new audience but i mean it's just that honestly that just shows that they're versatile and they're smart it's so funny real quick steve brandon brought up the fact that about coffee i'm not a big fan of coffee but i like a coffee stout it's the Mm. weirdest thing ever yeah i'm the opposite (laughs) i drink (laughs) coffee religiously but i don't i do not need a coffee stout i will try it we do not shy away here at beer sighted but um but yeah, what I was going to mention too is just to piggyback off what Brandon said with um, with sours, seltzers, and I feel like ciders. I, breweries are doing a good job of finding new audiences to bring in. I think uh, everybody knows there's so many breweries out there these days, which is awesome. I love you know the the amount that we're just able to, especially here in the Boston area. You know there there's plenty I haven't been to, and you know we've we drink a lot of beer, so I, I got plenty of exploring left to do. But I just think it's great that they're finding new ways to find uh, new customers and everything, and it's, it's helpful to all of them. Yeah, they've done a great job with bringing everyone together. I know that for some people who just don't like beer, 
They have ciders, they have seltzers. Uh, the different breweries are really more incorporating other people who are not a fan of beer, but hey, let's try this or try that. And I always tell my friends here at college, you know, who just turned 21, hey, try this. You might like it. If you don't like it, don't drink it. Whatever. I don't care. Just try it. That's all yeah. I ask people is to try things. So we're, you know, we're a little older than you. Um, yes, you and, are. <laughs> and, you know, when we were in college, I think uh, the craft beer scene was, it was established, but really like, especially in New England, kind of relegated to a handful of breweries. You know, you're not going to, you would never see this many craft breweries back when we were, you know, in college back in like 2010, 2011, 2012. And uh, when I couldn't even drink then. So, (laughs) right. Right. So, I mean, it's just, honestly, it's a testament to how much the industry has grown and how like fascinating people find beer and just all these styles. So, I mean, I think that's just super cool. Obviously when I was turning 21 and before that, I just was not a big fan of beer. I wasn't a big fan of the IPAs. I was like, oh, this is terrible. I kept trying it. I kept trying it, trying it, trying it. And I'm like, I like this. And my uncle really got me involved. He worked at Bentwater for a little bit. And he showed me kind of, you know, the different things. He showed my brother a couple of different things. And then when I was 21, I go, I want to go to a brewery. I want to see what this brewery, you know, vibe is and all that. So we ended up actually going to Lord Hobo. I believe that was the first brewery I went to. Great choice, by the way. Yeah, that is a really good choice. <laughs> and then we went to Trillium, and it just went up from there. I picked some good breweries. Yeah. Dive into my drinking history a little bit. Good for you for wanting to go to breweries already, because I, I don't know when the first time I went to a brewery was, but it was not at age 21. I uh, I barely even drank beer in college. You were studying? You, know, you were studying the entire time, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You guys remember I used to drink... Uh, UV blue and, and oh, Gatorade. Was the good the why to bring that back up? <laughs> yeah, why are we talking about this? <laughs> because it's you know people's tastes evolve. I think it's a great it's a great story. It's like a Damn. it's a terrible oh. college drink though. That's what you're trying to say, right? I would never do that again. But yeah, in college I didn't even drink the, the nasty light beers that were flying around. Probably until senior year. But. You should have with Magic Hat. You were kind of exotic. <laughs> I think it was like Magic Hat and. Uh, Blue yes. Moon were the ones that people were like, why'd yeah. you bring that? No, I, I think those, like, those are the two beers I remember that like people would introduce as like different beers that they would bring. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other ones that you can think of, or even Jack, if people... Bud Light, that's what people drink. I think yeah. it's like water. Oh, yeah. Craft beer scene back in college was when Shipyard started to release Pumpkinhead. That was kind of like my initial, like, oh, I've never even heard of this this brewery, this brand, this beer. So you guys talk about college. Did you guys meet in college? Where did you guys meet? Uh, Nick and Steve and I uh, have been friends since kindergarten. Um, We grew up in Southern New Hampshire together. We've been best friends for decades. And then um, Steve and Tim went to college together. And did you guys room together? Is that like freshman year? Is that what it was? We roomed together for sophomore through senior year well so they you guys but you guys were friends freshman year i think yeah yeah Yeah, i remember it well the first weekend we were there the patriots it was the day that tom brady tore his acl and everything went to hell for 
remember uh, exactly where I was that day and what I was doing. Everyone does. And that was okay. the day I met Tim. Yeah, we've all been friends for at least a decade, um, you know, going back to, to our college days. I guess for years, we've all been wanting to do something together, like kind of start something up. I mean, I think we're all pretty creative. We all have different skill sets. I mean, we just kind of wanted to, to fire something up together. We've tried before, but we either like lost focus, lost interest, or just other things were happening in our lives. And then um, back at the beginning of this year, this calendar year, we thought, you know, let's get into the podcast game. It might be fun. We'll just toss out some ideas and, you know, see what sticks. And then um, we've had the idea for doing a, a craft beer podcast for a while. And then we just decided to kind of run with it back in like late February, early March, pretty bad timing because of the pandemic. But uh, I mean, we've been together as a group for well, like well over 10 years. So you guys are pretty new to this podcast idea in a way. Is that is that true? It's actually really funny how I think it came together was because we've always wanted to like, you know, what could we do together? Like, what could we make happen? And so we tried a just starting down the podcast road, no particular, uh, you know, subject in mind, just wanted to see like, what happened? Let's like, go for it. We found that when we did this podcast, where we just talked about whatever, we talked about alcohol for like 45 minutes and we were like, Jesus, like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, that wasn't a podcast about whatever. That was strictly about alcohol. Kind of gave us a clue that maybe we should go this direction, if anything. <laughs> strictly about UV blue and Gatorade. Is that correct? No, no. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever mentioned that on a uh, video or podcast. You guys have been friends for a long time and created a podcast like that. I think more people should do that. Our favorite things, talking and drinking beer. So we nailed it. <laughs> I got a lot to learn about beers. I want to learn one thing. I got this important question for you guys. What's the difference between a porter and a stout? I'm well, gonna pass that to me. I've <laughs> always I've always wondered that because I've had stouts, I have porters, and I've always kind of was like, what's the difference between these two? They taste kind of similar. They are really similar. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be an expert here. Uh they are very similar. It's just the brew process how you brew it and exactly what ingredients you use, but they are very similar. I think like one thing that might separate uh, those two that's like really distinct is carbonation. In general, I mean, stouts can be carbonated, but I think one thing that you generally find is that porters are a little lighter, like not as soft of a mouthfeel, um, a little higher carbonation. I think that's like the main characteristic is that stouts you generally think of as thick, soft, flat or you know they can be on cask uh, more than porters but and it was saying that actually it started off as being called a porter stout <laughs> at one point they were actually one and the same interesting oh it's originated in england off of a take of like a brown ale it got a little bit stronger so they have yep. dark malts give them the color stout typically has a fuller body and was a little bit stronger I tried to get on that website just now while we were both doing research and I accidentally hit no. I was not uh, 21 years old. And then fun fact, you can't go back. Like there's no turning back. I said no. I tried to get back in like three times and they literally, it was like, disclaimer, you are not old enough. <laughs> They'll never let you back on again. Yeah, you're yeah, done. Allagash is out. You need a new phone. I didn't see what you're drinking, Steve. Maybe you could talk about the different beers. Brandon and I have dug into the same one. It is a, it's from Wandering Soul out of Beverly, Massachusetts. Uh, we've actually communicated with the guy a few times, and he's he's a great guy. Um, 
It's called Past Life Vienna Lager. So this kind of goes back to, I think Nick mentioned earlier how I really like Pilsners and that style of beer. Um, this is right up that alley. And I think, um, yeah, for me, getting into the Pilsners was like an, a way of easing into the craft beer scene. But uh, this is a very drinkable beer. It's a very good Pilsner style kind of beer. It's, it's light, has a little bit of carbonation with it, but there's also some of that uh, you know, some of that earthiness you get with these styles of beers. Actually, what caught my attention when I saw it in the store was it has beautiful can art. I'm showing you guys, but obviously the folks at home can't see. Whatever. And it's on our Instagram recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on our Instagram. And go fo follow Wandering Soul because this must be a fairly new one from them, Bird, because I've seen it posted a lot. It's a very drinkable uh, Vienna lager. It's uh, it's got more flavor than your standard just like light lager. But yeah, it's 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 crisp. It's it pours a nice clear golden. You get the the aromas of that. You get that earthiness and that uh, that corn, I guess, to it as well. Do you get a different flavor, Brandon, when you drink it? I kind of get a little bit of. So I don't know. You know. Like a red ale is more selective and not necessarily any every brewery does a red ale. I kind of get a little bit of a red ale in here with like a tiny bit of like molasses sweetness. For the most part, I, yeah, it's pretty much the same. I, I get what Steve's talking about when he says along the same vein as like a Pilsner. Do you think that your taste buds after drinking certain beers, it kind of goes like, oh, this tastes the same? If you're drinking a flight, that can happen. Uh, stuff starts to match together. I try and drink the lighter ones first and work my way up to a darker one, say a um, stout or porter. Yeah. Um, and then IPAs right before that start with a Pilsner or lager because it, they do mesh together. It, it does make it a little harder. But even over the long term, it does get harder too because you, we're trying so many different beers, especially when we started. I know we'd all go to the store try and I still do it we still all do it but try and find a four pack of some beer we've never had or a brew we've never had and then we're always tasting all these different ones where all of a sudden you're like crap what did I even just drink I don't remember what I had I don't remember what it tasted like and you're, you're back square one but it can you just gotta try and honestly beer side it helps because we're always writing notes or posting about it and talking to each other about what we liked and didn't like about certain beers. So it helps really remember what beers we like. It helps you really think about kind of what's different from the other beer. You know, you have an IPA, you have another double IPA, or you have the same IPA. What's, what's the difference? So you guys kind of talk about the style, the flavors you guys get from those blog posts. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. I think it's fun every so often to get a few similar style beers and just kind of go at it you know, just see the differences right then and there, because you know that they're made a little bit differently. Find out what, what hops were used for each. So it starts to give you an idea of what's what. Um, but typically I tend to try to buy very different styles, something to point out each time that's super noticeable. The other night I had, um, I actually had this guy here it's, uh, called Night Crew. It's a collaboration between Night Shift and Crew Brew, which is really cool, but it's an American strong ale which is exactly what it sounds like. It's just like a heavy hitting strong ale. Like I, what type of ABV is that? Yeah. Strong ales typically are between six and seven in that range. So, it, I mean, it is a bit stronger, but it's also, it's super malty and it, it's heavy. And I had, so I had that and I had a new England IPA from collective arts um, up in Canada. And 
I drank the strong ale, then I tried the New England IPA, and it like coconut just pounded me from the New England IPA. Like I, the first times I drank it, I was like, oh yeah, you can see the fruitiness. But then after having drank the strong ale first, I the coconut was just so obvious to me, and um, it, you could smell it. It just hit me that you could smell it, you could taste it. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. I thought it was almost like the beers were bouncing off each other a little bit. When you guys go to breweries, what do you look for in a brewery? And like, what's the experience like? You guys go behind the scenes. You talk to many different people. If I go to a brewery, I just get the beer. I hang out with friends. Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, we try to 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 get in with as many people as we can. Just talk to, you know, service staff, um, anyone who's behind the bar. Ideally, if we could meet like an owner or a manager, whoever's there, you know, just to try and like get a, a feel for like the foundation of the brewery in general. But this is again like another reason why I think we we started beer cited was because we like we recognize that every brewery is different, has like different uh atmospheres, different, I mean beers in general. But I mean it's it's I guess what we look for is you know, obviously is a Good beer, um, friendly staff, like good staff that we we enjoy talking to. If they have food, do we like the food? So it's kind of just like a whole wide scope of of the brewery and like everything in general about that brewery. You know, it, would we recommend it? I think that's uh, that's the big thing is would we recommend it? Would we tell people that hey, you should go to this brewery and you should really try like X or you should look at and try Y? To even zoom out a little further, like the architecture of these places, like. We were talking to Rolling Hops in Toronto, Canada, and they go all over Toronto and do these historic tours where they also go to breweries and talk about the beer. It's a cool combo of things. Uh, and they mentioned a place called Junction yeah. Craft Brewing. Pretty sure. And it was an old, what was it, an old trash incinerator? Or yeah, something an old answer? incinerator plant, basically. Yeah. And if you look up the pictures of that place from like the 90s and 80s, it's, it's a disaster. Like it's this old blick brick building that is like hollowed out and it looks like you know it's been empty for a hundred years and now it's this beautiful brewery i find that so fascinating um that's probably one of my favorite things about all the different breweries that are out there rarely do you find this like freshly built building that was meant to be a brewery it's like this gutted out place that they turned into a brewery somehow so that's kind of i mean for me that's that's easily one of my favorite things if a brewery has a garage door steve's sold I'm sold. <laughs> the more garage doors, the better. I think they really hit it. Like I love, I look for indoor, outdoor. What's the seating like? I think I talked about a little earlier, you know, sometimes they have unique games or activities. You see old arcade games, board games, darts, cornhole, that kind of thing. Um, also, and now we're seeing it more and more that a lot of breweries are really having their own kitchen and some of them are turning out some really, really nice food. So I'm always going to almost sample that like a flight of food as well because I can't help myself. Yeah, all those are big on my list. Multiple times reviewed the food as well, which I don't think we ever really even spoke about. It just sort of happened because breweries are making good food these days. You know, obviously, if you're if you're going to a brewery, you're kind of expecting to have good beer. Like, regardless of what it is, like what style you're going for, you're, you're, you're expecting that it's going to be good or you're going to try something new that you probably like or you're you're not expecting. So, I mean, a, the beer is just a small or a decent, like, chunk of the percentage, but it's not everything. So, you know, again, yeah, we, we go because we love just the overall experience that, like, these breweries give. Some of these places, too, it feels like you're going to a really great restaurant, 
but they also have phenomenal beer and that's like their priority number one, but you know, they do everything else. Great. Another uh, quick Moat Mountain plug because we love Moat Mountain. Brandon, you were up there this past weekend and they're a smokehouse on top of the fact that they're also a well-known brewery up in that area. I had their brisket Their Yeah. Their food is to die for. It's just a cool atmosphere. I mean, it's in an old building, probably, I think it's one of the oldest in North Conway. I mean, they do such a great job. Like it's just, there was a constant, line way out the door of people just waiting to get in and you can tell that they they do great business all the time but i mean they do everything great i mean the food is to die for the beer is phenomenal the staff is friendly the whole building is great so yeah i mean it's the whole package but so when you go to a brewery what is the first thing you think about for creating the content to put out there for the world you know like so when we're writing a brew review right like that's i think when we go to a brewery and we know we want to review it that's our purpose there we've got a pretty structured setup that we we have that we use so i mean the first thing we do is just kind of like go in i mean sit down just i, I guess just check out the whole place visually and then you know if we can we're going to order a flight um or we're just going to try as much as we can on the menu and again if there's food we'll do- totally order food I mean, it's, I think it's just kind of like checking out the order of operations, uh, just going down from our, our checklist and, and seeing what they've got. I mean, again, it's just, it's mostly about the beer, but like, we'll check out, you know, everything, like get a whole feel for, for the whole atmosphere. Yeah. And I think like we were saying earlier with our uh, group chats about how we come up with ideas and stuff, we go down with sort of a similar path when we're at breweries together too. Like we get there, we have all these ideas, we're like all business and then the moment we start having a few beers, we're all over the place. I mean, when you've been friends for a really long time, it's really hard to focus in on one topic because we have like yeah. 4,000 topics. So that kind of does happen, but you know, we come out of it with what we need, but I think that's good too, because it kind of makes it more of an experience, not just a sit down, ignore everything and drink a beer. It's like, what would actually happen if you were there and, you know, for no reason, you know? Right, right. I, yeah, yeah, that's think, what we're really trying to bring. Like, we're we're not, we want people to read our reviews and want to know what the experience is like. If we spent the whole time talking about their brewing process and how many kegs of beer they make in a week, that doesn't really affect your decision to go or not. So we want to focus on the location, the environment, the experience, and obviously the beer. I, I think you pick up, like, just without even noticing, you pick up more information about a brewery just by going and sitting down and ordering a flight than you realize. So we've got, you know, Steve and I uh, did a, an interview uh, last week with, again, this brewery out in uh, Groveland, California called uh, Around the Horn, um, and they were great to talk to. We really enjoyed them. So, like, check out the Industry Insiders any interview that we have coming up with them. Um, but, I mean, I guess especially for us, it's just, you know, we've all got jobs. It's uh, we're all working full time. So I I think right now, you know, we're just really trying to keep our scene pretty local uh, in terms of actually physically getting to these breweries. But uh, so, I mean, anything that's in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, you know, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, um, you know, anything like that, I would say we're, we're putting a whole bunch of stuff on the list right now. And then uh, ideally, you know, expanding to anywhere we can get, Anywhere we can, uh, we can decide to take a trip, go yeah, check it out. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, and in the virtual world we now live in, we've still been able to do things like the interview with Around the Horn. So personally, I think it's really cool when we find somebody from a completely different area of the country. Um, you know, like these guys were around the horn next to Yosemite. Like, 
I could probably talk to them for 30 minutes about what's cool about Yosemite. So like, that's an awesome conversation to have. But yeah, so keep it local with some of the bigger things we're trying to do and let's spread our wings a little bit with, you know, other areas. When you promote a brewery, what are the concepts do you have to include to get people's attention? I think it really depends on the brewery. Some are very active on social media and a simple email to them, reaching out, letting them know kind of what we do. And they're quick to answer and everyone's pretty responsive and they'll do it where others we've had luck where we actually go to the brewery. We do some promotion without them knowing they see it because we tag them in a, a post, a story, something like that. Then we reach out and they already know who we are. They're very willing to get involved. So it, it really depends on the situation. Obviously we've had more luck with smaller breweries because they're desperate for marketing because they don't have a marketing budget or a marketing team. Um, and we have some connections, which helps too. But yeah, it, it really depends on the brewery. All right, last question for you guys. You ready? Hit us with it. If you guys could create your own brewery, what would it be called and what style of beer would be the flagship? We have talked about this. A lot of it depends on where it is. You know, what can we encapsulate in the surrounding area? Like, what do we, again, what do we want to sell? Like, anything like that. So, for example, you know, where I, I live in Salem, Massachusetts, I think people have heard of it. The witch capital of the of the world. Probably try and do something. There's several breweries in Salem, which I love. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's taken advantage of the name Witch City. So I think it just ha- it just kind of depends on, like, where you are, who you're trying to target. So it, it's all, again, we it's all niche marketing and just trying to, to capture an audience. But if we were to brew a flagship beer, we kind of have brewed a beer, right? Nick and Steve, you know, you guys, uh, you guys kind of, a little bit of home brewing. And, uh, you know, it turned out to be more of, a brown ale instead of a pale ale, but uh, it was delicious either way. But I mean, for me personally, I would like to have uh, some kind of flagship IPA, beer-sided IPA. <laughs> and, uh, see, it all depends on what it tastes like. I think it depends on the style. So I kind of think New England IPA, maybe because we're up here, so that might be our flagship. I think you have to taste the beer first before you decide on a name. Um and to, and to Brand's point, I think we'd want to incorporate for the brewery name something about the location, whether it's which city brewing, which according to Brand's, the witch capital of the world. So most witches per capita, if you didn't know that. <laughs> you, you laugh, but you're not joking. Yeah, and so the first time I ever brewed beer was in Alston, and we were talking about naming it Rat City Brewing because everyone calls Alston Rat City. So I think we'd incorporate it some way wherever we're actually located. And then I'd like to do an IPA as well, but I'd really like to focus on a Pilsner. Um, yes. They're very underrated, and I think they really show what you're worth as a brewer. Yeah. Which city brewing might be a might be a thing one day. If anybody steals that name. I guess we got to trademark it as soon as possible. Yeah. I had like a broomstick for a beer or something. I have no idea why. <laughs> broomstick <laughs> brown ale. Yeah, there you go. Like Tim say, was saying earlier, Bog Iron Brewing, that was one of our first few industry insiders videos. And, uh, you know, they name their beers based on, like, whatever their talking points are. Yeah. I think you guys would name it Group Chat. Group one, chat. Of the be- one of the beers. Group that's actually chat. That's, that's a great, that's a great name. That's a great yeah. name for it. That's only, that's only for you guys, though. Nobody else, because nobody else would understand that. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> it's an inside joke. Exactly. Go. I love it. Another name for a beer right there. 
All right. Well, Steve, Brandon, Nick, and Tim, I want to thank you guys so much for being on the podcast of What the Jack. It was an awesome experience. I learned so much about beer. When you're 21, right, go to the brewery. And make sure you hit yes on the website or else you're locked up forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We learned that tonight. Do not try UV blue mixed with blue Gatorade. I thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having, thanks for having us, Jack. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Well, if you want more content, stay up to date. They post new content each week. Check out their social media on Instagram at Beer Sided Pod and Facebook at Beer Sided Media. Go grab a craft beer out of the fridge and see what new flavors you taste. And go support your local brewery. We'll see you next time with another episode of What the Jack, raising your eyebrows and making you think.